are now listening to Wisdom from North podcast with me, Jannike Einias. Here I will explore topics such as metaphysics, spirituality, personal growth, and in general, how we can create good lives for ourselves. My intention is to find some answers, but perhaps more importantly, finding new questions to ask, because there is always something new to discover in this wonderful universe that we live in. In Wisdom from North, we're passionate about helping you take your spiritual growth to that next level. That's why we are collaborating with some amazing spiritual teachers and partners who offer free webinars and classes. Go to wisdomfromnorth.com forward slash free. Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to the guests and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of Wisdom from North or any entities they may represent. Now, please enjoy the episode. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Agnieszka. A warm welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity. So glad to be here. I am excited to speak to you today and I'm really glad you came onto the show and that you wrote to me because I know my audience is very curious like myself about, you know, the big questions of life and mystical experiences and some of my audience have mystical experience, others haven't. And I find that these mystical experiences are varying a lot. And I know that today you're a hypnotherapist, you have um, uh, a spiritual mission-based work and all this have come from uh, what you experienced in your childhood. And I know you're very passionate about this. So I I would love to just ask, have you been uh, religious? Have you had any uh, religious beliefs before all these these non-physical phenomena started to happen with you? Definitely. I grew up in Krakow, Poland, in a religious country, in a religious family. Uh, So um, going to church, um, practicing different traditions, 
um, it was a basis for my upbringing. Honestly, everything was happening in the atmosphere of uh, being part of this religious context, pretty much um, the society was organized around religion. Uh, Poland was uh, predominantly Catholic. I was born in late 70s. And obviously to this day, it is a predominant religion. However, most people right now are um, not practicing or they have declared themselves to be atheists or agnostics. But when I was born and then the family I was born, um, that was something that um, was not my choice um it was how we lived pretty much 90 percent of people i knew lived this way mm. mm-hmm. and your mystical experiences started very early like you told me that you sort of lived half and half with in the fiscal world and in the non-fiscal world and i don't understand what that is like so i would love for you <laughs> to share how it was uh, like being you growing up like this? Uh, I can tell you it was very confusing <laughs> because I uh, literally felt like I don't understand the laws of this reality, of this realm. I had a hard time anchoring to my physical body. I would have spontaneous in and out um, of body experiences, I would lose consciousness, my body was wobbly, I would fall down the stairs. Uh, When I was almost three, I fell out, I catapulted out of a swing. I was in the park with my mom and she didn't realize that I have really hard time understanding how to navigate my body and if my body can handle the energy on earth. Um, that, that was my experience. I felt like there is this, this bubble or some invisible veil that is uh, preventing me from being fully there. Mm, so my essence was mainly in that sort of ethereal space. And in that space, I was free. And in that space, there were no hard edges. Um, but in the more dense reality that everybody around me seemed to live in, um, I didn't know how to navigate that experience and understand what it is about. Um, So one of those times when I catapulted out of the swing, um, I was not protected and I like to swing fast. So uh, at some point I lost consciousness and I flew out of um, the swing and I hit the ground, uh, lost consciousness. I was tiny, you know, I was almost three. My mom thought I died because uh, uh, I really hit the ground hard. So it was, um, you know, very confusing to say the least. And I did not feel safe. Uh, that was 100% what I was dealing with on daily basis that I didn't have a guidance at the beginning in terms of how to understand where I am, what is expected of me, who are these people who are supposed to be um, taking care of me and and loving me. Um, Yeah, that was very vague. When did you sort of understand that you were different and that other people did not live in this sort of uh, dual reality? When I was um, less than 10 years old, uh, because majority of my summer times I would spend in my grandma's uh, house. Uh, she lived in a village 
And I had experiences there that prompt some kids to call me a witch. For example, uh, a neighbor um, had injured himself. He fell down the stairs and, um, you know, adults were talking about him. He was in a hospital. He had um, uh, some uh, severe uh, brain um, damage and, and, and there was blood. Uh, so it is brain uh, hemorrhage, I believe, that he uh, suffered from. And um, I said something along the, along those lines that he's uh, he's going to die. Um, all of a sudden, this information came through, and he did. Two two years later, he passed. I'm sorry, two two days later, he passed. Mm-hmm. And um, kids would start calling me witch. Um, so I um, I was just sort of um, expressing certain things that um, would somehow find a channel and and speak for me i was that channel um and also going to school um and feeling a certain way again feeling this this sort of veil this invisible wall um i um didn't understand sort of the the societal rules how to build friendships um how um to uh, gain maybe not gain how how respect works how safety works these things that um we talk about um in terms of teaching children and sharing those skills i didn't have those so i think combination of not being fully aware how to be a human in the society and those mystical experiences including um visitations from what we call, you know, Christ consciousness or Jesus, that definitely mm, made me feel isolated, misunderstood, and and confused. Like I think this is the the word that just keeps coming up for me when I think about my childhood and how my perception of where I am, what's possible, um, what information surrounds me was different than anybody that I knew. But did these experiences sort of give you peace and love? Like when I experience, uh, no, when I interview people with near-death experiences, they're saying that they experience this immense love and it's just so beautiful on the other side, most of the, uh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all of them, but 99% of the ones I've interviewed. So did did you feel sort of that that was home, that you sort of remember that you're coming from there? Or uh, I'm just sort of after uh, understanding more how it felt. There there are definitely instances, especially when I had um, these visitations from Christ, um, which were immensely loving. And I had several of those and they lasted good 20, sometimes 30 minutes. So they were not short. This was not an aberration. This was not some sort of daydreaming. Although all of these encounters took place in a summer outside of my grandma's house, when I was just sitting and looking at the sky, Um, it was a summer day, beautiful. And I was just relaxing. I was outside and I was this sort of dreamlike state um, when there was no resistance within. And these encounters, I'm sure, um, were here to, or ha- took place to protect me and to show me 
uh, where home is, what home is, and what that feeling, primal feeling, and internal state that we're all um, streaming from uh, feels like. So um, I never obviously forgot those and I was seeking those. And I remember talking to my friend in the village about that, uh, but nobody else, you know, could relate or had those kinds of experiences. Um, I just had those direct conversations with, with God and it was something that uh, completely... Um, engrossed me, absorbed me, uh, and on some unconscious level gave me a hope uh, that uh, I am well protected and well taken care of. And and they were mesmerizing. You know, people who have uh, Kundalini experiences or, or who meditate and have this experience of oneness, they can relate. Or people who are, uh, who are able to experience certain altered states of consciousness, uh, they will speak of those things. Um, no ego, there is no um, identity um, that is based on the physical persona. Obviously, I was a little girl, so I didn't have uh, the words and context to, to understand those experiences. Uh, but I was basically like cradled. I was loved and I was cherished. The light and this love was beaming towards me and I was simply enveloped in it. Uh, so these were, you know, profound and they really helped me um, understand that uh, even though there is this confusion, uh, nonetheless, there is this whole other aspect of life that is so full of bliss and unconditional love and um, that all is well in that level of reality, on that level of reality, everything is absolutely magical and there is nothing to fear and there, there are no um, actions that can really interfere in being accepted and being seen in this way. I want to circle a little bit back to, you saw Jesus, but then you said you talked to God, or did, did I misunderstand? Uh, well, I uh, saw an image of Jesus. Okay. Um, so what I saw physically was always a um, figure of Jesus, sometimes face, gigantic face on the sky, usually made of clouds or light that form sort of like, like a cloud-shaped face, but you couldn't really mistaken it. It wasn't just um, some sort of a, um, uh, approximation. It looked like images you see, religious images of Jesus, when the light is spreading from the heart, you know, those classic images. Um, these are um, the visuals that were presented to me. So visuals were one, was one part. It was sort of like a portal opened, right? And then that light was beaming towards me. Um, so that's why I could recognize that this is not uh, just some sort of fantasy that I'm having an experience. So I'm sitting outside and there is this reality, but there is also the supreme reality that I am interacting with. And it took a shape uh, of what I knew from religious classes um, because obviously everybody had pictures as well um, in all homes uh, and th that this was Jesus. Right. I mean, it seems like spirit is showing uh, itself to us in the way we're comfortable with it and the way our 
belief system is set up. So I would probably have seen Jesus or Buddha as well, since I think about them as my my mm -hmm. guides in a way, uh, or look up to <laughs> for wisdom. Uh, so that makes sense. Now, uh, do you know or have you asked why you've been so different and had these experiences? Because that's not my reality. Yeah. So, you know, later on in life, great question. I started meditating a lot. Um, 14 years ago, I signed up for my first Vipassana retreat, and this is pretty rigorous practice. Um, you um, give up your technology, you're not allowed to talk for 10 days, uh, you wake up at 4 a.m. and you start meditating at 4.30, you either meditate in a, a meditation hall or in your own room. And um, I've had some activations happen um, that made me, again, further realize that there's, there are some things that I am able to experience that most people cannot, no matter how many years they've been meditating. Um, so did I ask directly? Um, maybe 10 years ago, I would ask that question. Um, but more than anything, I was just experiencing through meditation, certain states of consciousness, we can call them astral uh, projection journeys and certain levels of oneness um, that I just assumed um, that this is something we all can experience if we tune into that frequency, to that level of subtlety within. Um, to me, the way I deduced it is that, you know, body is a technology. And if you can focus on that internal technology and you can activate those domains that we all have within, then this is something that can be universally experienced. So I never felt like I was special in that sense. Although um, on day seventh, you know, I had one of those profound experiences when I entered meditation hall and a day or two prior to that, I had so much build up energy through this Vipassana practice. You have to understand that this practice is um, not a walk in a park. You sit in uh, one position, you're not allowed to move. Um, I've never sat in lotus before or meditated for uh, several hours with short breaks. Um, so your body um, is in discomfort. You feel bones and muscles in the body. You had no idea you've had, you have. And uh, at the same time, because I couldn't sleep, I was also laying down at night and meditating. Um, and the energy felt like... Um, I'm just going to pop. Um, it was this feeling of pressure, like if I'm going to fly out of a cage. And on that morning, on the seventh day, we are in a meditation hall, but I'm in space and I'm looking at stars and planetary system and sun. And I have an incredible journey accompanied with this level of bliss that I remember from encountering Jesus in childhood. So I start putting the two together uh, that I am a little bit different in my 30s, in my early 30s, um, because 
people are not sharing these experiences. And, and I didn't even feel like I wanted to speak about that after we were allowed to speak on the last day. I had another experience that uh, maybe avid meditators can relate to. You start experiencing reality in its absolute detail. So I could zoom into a leaf and I could just study um, these subtle textures and uh, variations in color. Everything around me became very vivid, um, not overwhelming, but it's almost like something just came into focus in such a delightful way um, that, you know, I was just looking at the trees and the birds and everything was just humming um, and I was integral part of it. Um, and I didn't have the need to even articulate it until one of the teachers asked me about that experience. And I said, you know, I uh, was traveling in space and I uh, saw uh, Pluto and Jupiter and, and different planets and I was incredibly euphoric. And now that euphoria has come down a bit, um, but I definitely um, feel like there are some incredible possibilities that uh, can be activated. So I started, yeah, connecting the dots uh, that maybe I have some special abilities because my teacher told me that I uh, can really focus powerfully. He said that I am gifted and he mentioned something about just grounding and following, you know, the, um, the process correctly. And I was hooked. I started meditating two hours a day after I left that retreat center and I was meditating you know, for years, two years after I completed the first Vipassana retreat, you know, I was interested in energy because lots of things came to my awareness, how information is mm, available. We, we have this like um, sort of file cabinet with information about our lives and um, I can look into that. I've had experiences just receiving information from the field, if you will. Um, so yeah, eventually I understood that most people don't function that way. It was about 13 years ago when I had that realization, if you will. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, I find that people who have uh, these mystical experiences in childhood, they often do like you, they start to meditate, they start to ask questions and the, they start to go deeper into the journey and somehow they end up working with it, which I feel is maybe part of why they are having these mystical experiences is to be of service and to share knowledge about it. Have you felt that, that this is sort of uh, a mission that you may be planned on before you incarnated on this planet? Definitely. With uh, access to the information, to that field of oneness, to the zero point energy, you know, it's very easy for me now to stay there and to, to just tune into that. Um, two years after I started meditating regularly, I did complete um, a Reiki uh, course. Uh, I got attuned to do energy work. And um, after um, partaking in some ayahuasca ceremonies and doing some further clearing work, because I had a lot of fear that I was harboring within my body and I was not comfortable with guiding people. Um, 
I had to first tackle um, those experiences. And I have some interesting stories to share about that too, because, you know, once you meditated, yeah, you realize, oh, you know, you're not going to be the economist or you're not going to work in education system. You're, you're not going to uh, be uh, doing sales or anything else. Uh, you have this plan to actually help people be of service and uh, activate those inner healing abilities within others and guide them um, into um, those uh, hypnotic-like states where they can experience greater reality within. So yeah, I became very curious and I realized two years after I completed my first Vipassana retreat um, that this is what naturally is a consequence of acquiring this awareness. I am curious to hear more about this. Did you mention the word library or, or something like that uh, around us? So we could, we have this information around us. Can you share a little bit about what that is? And yes, yes, you see it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I'm sure a lot of your guests speak about that. There is this uh, field that we share, and there are some even. Um, scientific names about a uh, morphogenetic field. Um, there are people who have been investigating the, um, the ether and how information is stored. Uh, there are lots of different modalities that speak about how we can access this field and we can balance energies, um, for example, family systems or family dynamics um, when you have a group of people enacting out certain situations that were less than pleasant um, and actors that don't know anything about you volunteers uh, feel the emotions and feel those um, inner states of the participants and then the therapist sort of guides the group in order to balance out the energy for the person who is experiencing all these like fluctuations in the mind in the body because there is some abuse and validation and so on uh, but I was um, more interested in, you know, how this information is stored. So some people call it archives and there are different names for it. Um, for me, uh, I understood that if I tune into that zero point energy, it's like, uh, it's like um, the key uh, um, unlocks um, access to information. Um, so I see it more as a network. And if I can be so quiet and so attuned to that field, uh, it will show up in my awareness as an image, as a download, like a block of information, realization. Sometimes I will have um, just um, slides or movies being played. Um, um, like if you can picture Tom Cruise and like Mission Impossible films, he's looking at the screen and moving the uh, the imagery around and he can uh, enlarge an image, he can shrink the image. Uh, so I realized that we have this um, ability to access um, information that look like holograms, but when you actually step into them, because there is no Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short term plans at uh1.com. No resistance within, in terms of your own biases. Um, your judgment, your expectation, you're just very neutral and there is no person in that experience. You can enter any field, there is literally no secrets because you, we are etheric, right? Um, on that fundamental level, we are light, we are love. So if you understand that and if you can mm, maintain that state, um, information comes to you because um, you are not boxing yourself in any way. You're not limiting yourself. So let's see, say you, you look at me right now. Do you need to reach like, a, you said, a zero energy point in order to see into the field around me? And so, um, yeah. The, the way I work is uh, it, it's by permission, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Whatever happens in a session is uh, for the highest good of my client. They typically come because have, they have a lot of unprocessed emotions related to um, difficult childhood experiences or life experiences. We call it trauma in, in today's society. So when they come to me, um, on the surface, they're going to tell me, for example, you know, I have a drinking problem because my husband is suffering from dementia. Uh, I'm 63 years old. I know this is not what we're going to work on. I already know that there is. A, so I get hints of information right away. And then when I am next to the person, I guide them through a series of exercises uh, that are easy to follow, but we need to prepare the architecture of the body and the mind to go to those subtle levels because people protect those experiences and protect the, the wounded child within. Uh, so it's not like everywhere I walk, I see data about everyone. Uh, sometimes, it, yeah, sometimes a, a little bit of that comes. I can read people very easily or I can, let's say, look at you, you and can say that there are some uh, like darker spots, lighter spots, energy typically is not even around. So I feel it, I see it more like a cloud or there is more density in, um, in uh, behind you, like um, near the lamp that you have in the back. Uh, but it's not... Um, what does that mean? <laughs> um, so this can mean, um, basically, you know, we share space, right, with different um, energies. Where uh, you can call it like a energetic weather, uh, and so some. So we need that ventilation. We need to open windows, uh, maybe cleanse the space. Sometimes it can be a thought. Um, we like a thought form. 
Correct. And it's just like a cloud. It's nothing really um, challenging. It has to be a bit left brain mind. So you mean that there might mm -hmm. be? Yeah. Like, it, like yeah. In, in your negative. case, that, that side is a little bit more dense than the other side. Huh. Yeah, but it just might mean that you're using this part of your brain more dominantly and maybe because you need to plan your um, uh, interviews and there is a certain level of, you know, focus and um, organizational skills that you need to use. But there is nothing that I see that would be um, really problematic. Well, that's good. <laughs> now, what is the like deepest insights you've had from these experiences that that you had had <laughs> throughout your life? Like, what did it uh, teach you about life and the universe? Great question. So, I've had several encounters, um, you know, with people during sessions. I've done thousands of these sessions throughout the years. Some would just shoot me out of body, and I had these incredible experiences of just um, pure light and love, lots of different visions, you know, beings, dragons, just uh, life forms that are all around. And um, now my energy is grounded and uh, it's very stable uh, and I don't have uh, as many fluctuations in my energy. It's a more even keel. Uh, but looking at all the spectrum of the experiences that I've had, I would say that um, few things. Uh, first of all, like we're not alone. <laughs> the universe is full of life. You are not your body. That came first to me before I even talked about these um, these other uh, forms of life, uh, intelligent life in the universe. Um, you are not the body. Body is a device that if you learn how to utilize, it will work in ways like a supercomputer would. Um, but because this device is also infused with a love and support it's not just a knowledge it is also this experience of well-being um, and ultimately bringing all the experiences into the present moment reality and understanding that on some level, you creating all of that, um, or you have ability to have that experience because you opened yourself up enough, you know you're safe, you know that this is a temporary experience in this body. Um, so you might as well experiment and live life on your own terms rather than Mm, succumbing yourself to some limitations that um, maybe had a, a good intention behind it, but life is definitely not squarish, um, not well-defined. There are no harsh lines uh, or solid lines. We are malleable and um, we can all with those practices that are not difficult, they require time, of course, uh, and dedication, uh, but they are free and they are um, all designed like yogic practices, pranayamas, prolonged fasting, meditation, 
all of those things I'm speaking about, um, have the capacity to return you, help you return to this primal stage, no matter what happened to you, no matter what context, no matter what life experiences you've had that you can consider challenging. I have three questions that I ask all my guests. And the first one is, uh, what is self-love to you? Great question. Um, Self-love is the capacity to recognize that you are light, that you are love, despite um, being uh, in the world that might reflect something different. Um, so rec self-love is recognizing um, that this is essentially who you are. And when you act from that place, um, you're immune um, to whatever comes your way that might be useful to others. Self-love means that you don't live in survival mode, mm -hmm. that you are adventurous in the way you think, the way you act, the way you seek. That would be self-love to me. I love that. That's a bit different than I heard before. I love what you said about then you're immune. Mm -hmm. uh, it makes so much sense. <laughs> uh, what is happiness to you? Um, for me personally, uh, happiness is freedom. Uh, having the ability uh, to learn having internal flexibility in terms of my thinking and inter interpreting information. Happiness is to um, experience new sensations in the body, um, a joy, um, that, that feeling um, that all is possible, right? Despite this changing, let's say, circumstances, um, you mentioned law of attraction. So happiness to me um, is that freedom of creating and knowing that there are consequences um, of what you're creating, uh, but with that responsibility, um, there is precision of how you combine thoughts and feelings and emotions. Um, so you can sort of do this inner engineering. That to me is happiness because I will test certain uh, hypotheses that I have and then, um, you know, like a, sort of a, a scientist or chemist, I will have an experience and I can go back and forth and tweak things. <laughs> so to me, that that's happiness that I have that freedom, you know, that understanding that this ability is within me and I can execute it. And that makes me feel like, you know, I can never get stuck. Or if I get stuck, I can quickly unstuck myself. Right. And that we all have this ability as well. 100%. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of us don't know it. Correct. We're not taught it in school. Knowing it is real happiness because you're like, oh my God, it's in my hands. I can do this. Um, yeah. You know, like, that makes me really happy to know that. Mm -hmm. Right. And like you said, that life is magical. You know, that that's your real experience. Now, what is the deeper meaning of life from your perspective? Hmm. Deeper meaning of life is to use life experiences 
to understand what you are um, underneath the experiences. You are not the experience. Um, you are the creator, you are the observer. Um, you can also have um, non-attachment towards those experiences that are transitory. So the meaning of life to me is to know that we are here to experience awareness um, despite perceived adversity and play with those realms so that when you phase out of this reality, you take all of that knowledge with you. And wherever you're going next, right, ask yourself, what am I doing with the rest of my eternity? Um, so knowing that, uh, that we are eternal and um, this cosmic game continues, uh, then um, we can play that game on many levels internally, knowing that this information is intact, this information is recorded, and you're not losing any of that. And um, when you can hold those understandings um, simultaneously, you know, you're going to have a wonderful adventure in life. So knowing essentially that you're eternal, no information is lost. Um, you can never lose yourself, no matter how dark um, things can get, and you can always reset that. Um, so that would be, for me, something that, that I consider um, fundamental, you know, to my meaning of life. Hmm. Wow, that, that it was a lot of wisdom right there. Um, you said uh, life or um, there, um, cosmos is a cosmic game. Correct. Uh, <laughs> I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Um, the way I see this, you know, um, we uh, we are here to while we're alive. Um, to tune into our true nature. So even though we're wearing a costume and, you know, uh, we have names and categories for the sexes, for the professions, and we define ourselves by these um, different functions. Uh, function is not who we are. We're experiencing a, a sort of a point of view, a perspective. And uh, it is a game in a sense that we are choosing to um, channel stream of consciousness into that very specific experience that is pre-planned in many different aspects you know characters in your life main players in your life and you all agreed um, to play these roles in each other's life so um, it's cosmic because it's planned from a different level of consciousness. And um, once you again realize that you're playing this game from a different level and every step of the way, you can kind of pause and, you know, even contemplate that and laugh at it and realize that uh, this is, this is, 
the experience is real, but this is projection, then uh, life becomes really laughable in many ways. You are uh, just able to meet people on many different levels where they are and find a common ground and find that playfulness. Mm. So the the cosmic game, uh, um, the the cosmic game to me means that you know uh, there is not seriousness that there shouldn't be this level of seriousness that we uh, apply to to these life events if we can understand that we enter the game because we want to have fun we want to meet other players we want to experience new sensations um we want to understand what it's like to be this character that character mm, then even if some of the experiences are not so pleasant we understand that yes we acquire this information this information is always with us we can take it to the next level um but this is not the fundamental level so if we could just relax and enjoy this experience more um how it translates to everyday life we wouldn't just be stuck up you know we would just be able to um have more of a of a flow in life and advance through these things and and the and just have this playfulness uh, about our existence so we're here to essentially remember that and once uh, we awaken to that reality you know emotions i say that in one of my poems emotions don't control me they show me so we start utilizing all of these different intricacies about our bodies and mind um, in order to perceive, not in order to judge, not in order to uh, manipulate others, not in order to um, put ourselves on a pedestal. Um, we understand that we're playing this game with ourselves in order to in a way prove to ourselves that this is not who we are. So let's make it as crazy as we can do in order to reset that button and understand, hey, you know, it's a game. Um, uh, wake up from this illusion of mortality and, um, you know, limitation. So essentially it's like that. It's just like we're hallucinating in a way into, into this feeling that, yeah, this is all real. Do you believe we're uh, in a shift of consciousness? Um, great question. You know, I've been on this journey consciously for about 14 years. Um, and the information that I have based on these states that I can tune into and just, and just be, is that cosmos is always in a perfect state. There is no lack. Um, nothing needs to be changed. Um, this is again a projection, whatever we are tuning into, we, we're just inviting it into our space. Uh, so from that grand scheme of things, nothing is in this order. However, everything is also in this flux. So whatever is dominant tendency, let's say in the game, then of course it's going to um, affect again, like a weather, 
players of this game because we can gain more momentum, more power in those realities. So in our collective reality, uh, there is a shift of consciousness. Yes, more and more people are not interested in playing the old game. <laughs> They're interested in having um, more um, easy uh, time um, in the game. So in that sense, I do um, think that there is more intentionality. Yeah, let's, let's shift uh, from that level and let's see if we can engage more playfully. Mm. And that can mean different things for different people. Uh, but definitely, I mean, think about this. When I had my first mystical experiences, out-of-body experiences as, as a child, you know, in my, in my teenage years, I uh, would seek uh, yogic books. There were no yoga studios in Poland at that time. And now the information is there. You don't have to go to India um, to study with a monk. You know, this used to be very sacred and protected knowledge. Now, you know, Vipassana retreats, they're not for everyone. I would highly recommend for most people to break that inner sequel. We're creating all these sequels, right? But now we have tools to suspend the movie and there are many tools. You know, some people are shocked when I tell them, stop eating for five, 10 days. You're gonna have an internal experience and you're going to break that sequel of what you think is right, what you think is real. So in that sense, because we live in the era of information, if you want to impact that global consciousness, um, it's absolutely attainable and there are tools that are free. Everybody can use them. Vipassana meditation is free as well. Um, and you don't have to seek that information. Um, again, it used to be more hidden and now, um, Everybody who, uh, who is consciously choosing that and more and more people are choosing that are going to have internal discoveries. And when you do, um, you are resetting um, your understanding of how you can participate. Yeah, so while you're in the game, you're not so absorbed in the game um, that you're just doing, 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 acting, acting, and then maybe reflection happens towards the end of your life when you are... Uh, ready to exit the game, right? So, so we have these intervals that that are just like no thought is there, no action is there, um, and we can practice being in that suspended state. And that the more we stretch that space, you know, the more um, positive implication. Um, so, um, looking at you know that that linear progression, I do. And believe that we are in that in that consciousness shift. I mean, your channel is a proof. You know, uh, <laughs> we have these conversations uh, is a proof. Yeah. People are interested that people, mm, you know, don't feel like they just need they just need to sort of keep this to themselves for 40, 50 years uh, and not talk about uh, their own experiences. Yeah, I definitely feel like people are not so afraid anymore to share these experiences and uh, YouTube channels and podcasts and it's popping up all over the place, which I find great. 
uh, because way back when, when I started, it wasn't that many shows about it. I've been on YouTube for so long, <laughs> since 2012, where it all started. <laughs> but a lot of things started then. Uh, but yeah, it's important that it comes from different angles and more stories are being shared so that people can find information on their own, uh, not necessarily through mainstream media that is uh, influencing us a lot. Now, this 100%. has been so, oh yeah. This has been so interesting. I, I loved your perspectives and I find that uh, they, they resonate with me and that they are similar to what I've heard. It was just sort of a different angle sometimes that I found very, very fascinating. Um, so thank you for that. And where can people reach you if they want to reach out to you, if they want to work with you, how can they find you? Yeah, um, absolutely. I facilitate uh, hypnotherapy sessions and uh, par parallel life journeys, aka past life regression or regression um, therapies, and different forms of holistic healing, including energy and NLP. So um, to find the information that you need in order to understand what's possible within, it's best if you go to balanceisperfection.com balanceisperfection.com. That's my website. I also have um, Instagram, Balance Lab by Aga Furtak. But if you go to my website, um, you find all the links, um, you find testimonies, recordings. I record some sessions. I have tons of testimonies um, from clients written and also um, video testimonies. Wonderful. I was just jumping right there. From the yes, start right there. That's your portal. <laughs> Thank you so much, Agnieszka. Uh, yeah. I hope I pronounced correctly. Thank, Thank you so you much for being on the show today. Thank you for you and sharing this knowledge. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. you want to become more who you are and live in alignment with your soul's purpose and explore a deeper meaning with your life, then you are most welcome to join Wisdom from North membership. 
If you want to go deeper, you can find all our English online courses and programs at wisdomfromnorth.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube just by searching for Wisdom From North. Until the next episode, much light from here.